This is The Mockery, the Forest Gate podcast. You're listening to episode 6. Camilla Batman Jeffy's been seen at number 8. Hello, I'm William Bonds. I had fantastic memories of Cairo Nursery School and then Woodgrange Infant School, Godwin Primary School. My memories are so fantastic. I had brilliant teachers there, really, really enjoyed it. I had a great time. I managed to stick out the five years. <laughs> I mean, I'm just so pleased that the school has, has, has come good now because I think that was something that a lot of local people really wanted to happen. My name is Claudia. Merry Christmas to all the Mockery listeners in Forest Gate from... Uh... Oh no, I mixed that up. <laughs> Keeping an ear open on Forest Gate, it's the Mockery News. Here are the headlines. Even though the people seem to have said no, will the wailing continue? If you start your Christmas journey near the bins at Wanstead Park Station, will you be in for the tip of a lifetime? Meow, 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 meow. Do cats chat? Looking for a professional tarot card reader? Is that an angry clairvoyant, a miserable fortune teller, or a happy medium? And finally, Newham is one of the most charitable boroughs in London. And there was a time you couldn't give it away. The Mockery News. What have you heard? Bah humbug. And welcome to episode 6. Or should I say... Our Christmas special. I mean, I say Christmas special. We've we've tarted it up with some jingles and a few ho-ho-hos. And if you're wondering, why do I sound so nasal? Well, Santa has delivered me some block sinuses, an earache and a pigeon in a pear tree. Wasn't that kind of him? But don't let me take away the Christmas cheer. It's time like this when we must deck the halls, overindulge in Quality Street, and pretend your local urban fox is as cuddly as the John Lewis one, when really it's uh, it's sleeping in your shed and taking a poo on your barbecue cover, which the wind blew off and you never got round to putting back on. Well, when I moved to Forest Gate in 2011, the most exciting thing was getting on the train to central London. But a lot has changed since then. I mean, yes, there are still too many fried fowl shops and yes, the pavements are uneven trip hazards, but what really was the pivotal change? Well, if you haven't noticed the Woodgrange market by now, then you must, uh, well, you must be away every weekend because this weekly event has grown and grown over the years. And we're now going to talk to Alicia and Laura, who founded the market, and who have seen it flourish over the years. I'm Laura, and I've lived in Forest Gate for 23 years. I'm Alicia, and I've lived in Forest Gate for 20 years. In October 2011, we um, set up the Forest Gate WI. We were conscious that whilst we could collect all the subs from the people who joined in the first year, in the subsequent years we're going to have to hand over two-thirds of it to National WI. So we were scratching our heads, sitting in your garden I think, Mm. drinking tea, thinking how can we raise money um, to continue to do some of the stuff that we wanted to do through the WI. And we came up with the idea of selling things, Mm. having a WI store, selling cakes, but we didn't have a market to sell it at. So we thought, actually, why don't we set up a market so we can sell 
um, and raise money for the WI. We also thought actually it'd be a really good space to have better retail in Forest Gate. We then thought about it a bit more and thought it'd be really good for people to have a sort of community space. There was nowhere really where you bumped into people and could just chat. And the other thing we saw was that the space where the market is now, it was kind of a really difficult space with a lot of antisocial behaviour and it wasn't a place that people liked to go through no. or spend any time yeah. in, even though it was designed for people to stop and sit and chat. It had become a space that only a certain group of people chatted and um, hung around in. Alicia and I were part of the founding group of the WI, but it was her and I who went to the council uh, and said, can you help us think about setting up the market? When, when we set up the market, there were no shops around the market, mm -hmm. and there was a core of about eight people who regularly had stalls. There was Radhika, who had the bread stall, and she was part of the WI and went on the British menu. And then there was also Mary and Mick, who had a vegetarian food stall and now run Coffee 7 and own Coffee 7. Uh, we also had a sort of jewellery and trinket stall, which then became uh, number eight, the Emporium. And Jeff and Andy have moved to the area because they didn't yes, live in the area to start right, off with. that's right. And they're very much part of the real linchpin of the local community, yeah. ironically enough now. Yeah. And in fact also, Dan... Um, Once a Tap. Once a Tap had a stall every month. So he started in the market as well. I suppose there are quite a few people locally who started off, probably for about a year in the market, established their business, which is what we hope to do, and have then gone on to have flourishing businesses. I hesitate to say that the market <laughs> yeah. is responsible yeah. for the yeah. regeneration of the area. I think the market was timely um, and it provided a real catalyst yeah. for a lot of things to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regeneration may well have happened uh, without it but I think the market did provide a catalyst and, and it became yeah. the focal point for it. And still does. I think, yeah. I think it's the people that come to the market. People have changed their habits because the market is there now. I suppose what we hope to do is over time get everyone to shop locally. I mean I think if they shop at the co-op and the market which is what I try and do I think that's that's good because we're keeping all the money locally in Forest Gate. I think you know one of the things we set out to do was not to replace the existing yeah. Uh, traders in existing shops but was to diversify the offer that was available so you know even when we started we talked to some of the key businesses in the area mm. to ask them if they wanted to do an offshoot at the market the yeah. seafood uh, shop did do that so they had their shop and mm. they also used to have a stall at the market as well you know we never set out to replace them we just wanted to add yeah. to what was on offer locally mm. to try and encourage more people you know to buy a little bit from the co-op buy a little bit from Barry's Meat Market, yep. buy a little bit from Seafood or Us, but buy a lot from the market. Mm. So that's what we want. It's a not-for-profit market, so all the money gets ploughed back in. We have two people that put in a few hours a week, one on admin and George, who um, who's helped set up and put down. But other than that, we pay for storage, we pay for rent, we pay for insurance, and we need stalls to succeed and survive. And for them to survive, we need people to come and use the market. So I would say that if you enjoy the market, tell someone that doesn't hasn't been to the market and we get more people. Good food, um, ham, meat, bread, 
uh, organic veg, often cakes, health food uh, products as well. And there are some craft stores yeah. um, who come on a fairly regular basis. The WI is there once a month with cakes. Yeah. Um, and we have other cake stores in between. Yeah. Um, those There's times. a bookstall every every week. There's two booksellers who will turn it there every week and have got good good range of books as there's no bookshop so there is also a china stall where you can get gifts and things like that but but actually you can also get bigger things because i actually bought 12 dinner plates which are absolutely beautiful hand painted and come out every christmas so you can get surprising things as well things that you might not have come out to get we also have some evening events i mean we started those to sort of publicize the market so we have three events that go on till nine o'clock and we have live music and food stores there's even dancing in the street yeah there's even been known to be a conga um, and it's for all ages so you know bring the family um, you know everyone can have a good time um, have your dinner there you can have a beer and and a glass of nice wine as well Um, there's a really great atmosphere at the market I was struck um, when I was setting up last week that the stall holders arrive well before I arrive and just start chatting to each other and and that continues throughout the day it's the best humoured market I think I've ever Mm. um, been to. Well, thanks for that, Laura and Alicia. And you can visit the Woodgrange Market every Saturday, which is located by Seabit Road, uh, by Coffee 7 and Number 8 Emporium. Merry Christmas to Mockery listeners and all in Forest Gate from everybody at the old slate yard. Keep listening. Right, well, it's cracker joke time. Well, one of my New Year's resolutions is to stop using spray on deodorant. Roll on next year. Yeah, and I'll, I'll pause there to allow you to, to breathe after that hilarity. And for me to take a sip of mulled lemsip. Now it's time we heard a bit more from Bygone Forestgate. We're about to find out why Adolf Hitler's birthday gift was delivered in the area. So sit by the crackling fire, or your fire effect on Netflix, as it's time to hear some more history from Lloyd. In the Second World War, the locality suffered a huge amount of bomb damage. So although we've got still the Victorian terraces, we've got a lot of post-war development. In fact, one of the main attacks on Forest Gate was a huge attack which Goering, the head of the Luftwaffe, arranged rather horribly as a birthday present, a 41st birthday present for Adolf Hitler. He called it, I I can't pronounce the German name, the 1,000 tonne birthday present. It was the targeting of a part of London uh, by the Luftwaffe with the intent of dropping in one place 1,000 tonnes of high explosives. The only time it was ever managed was the first time, and that 1,000 tonne birthday present demolished the entire centre of Forest Gate. A huge amount of damage. It landed basically around and about the main junction between the Romford Road, our high street, with Grange Road and Upton Lane. Uh, It demolished a a large area of the Woodgrange estate 
an estate which had been built in starting in 1870s and up to 1890s and that was replaced eventually by the Claremont estate, a 1960s estate. So we're basically a mixture of the Victorian terraces and post-war development to fill huge areas of bomb sites inflicted on Forest Gate during the Second World War. from Corner Kitchen. Merry Christmas to the Mockery listeners and our customers. See you again soon. Time for our brief rundown of events happening soon in Forest Gate. On the 15th of December, there's the Forest Gate Arts Launch at 11 to 13 Upton Lane. That's from 7.30pm. Also on the 15th of December, there's a Christmas pottery and craft workshop at the Avenue. On the 17th of December, also at the Avenue, there's a Christmas Night Market. On the 20th of December, from 12 till 5, there's a Christmas Market in Durning Hall. It's all in a good cause. On the 25th of December, it's Christmas in Forest Gate. Happy Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. If you've got a gig, comedy or other event happening locally, let us know. This is Russell the Roofer wishing you all a happy Christmas on The Mockery. Well, we've all had those dreadful and terrible DIY moments, but we have Nigel here who's going to give us some top tips on painting. Hello, Nigel. Hi, thanks very much. Right, well, I know some people out there can't wait to embrace the winter landscape and get outside for a spot of watercolour painting, so I'm going to take you through it. First, I'm going to show you how to get the perfect location and angle of your canvas. Place the easel like so and sketch out the landscape with a fine and light 4H pencil. Now, as you can see, there's a great ratio of land to sky. Now, the church steeple you can see in the background... Yeah, so, sorry, uh, Nigel, this is a, um, this is a, a podcast. And, and I... Yes, yes, thanks. Can you not interrupt me, Tom? This, this is a watercolour painting, but it won't be if you ruin my train of thought like that. Yeah, but they can't see what you're doing. It's 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 a, it's a podcast, so people won't. As in, like, as in they they, they this isn't being filmed. Well, obviously, and... it's not being filmed. It's a podcast. Yeah, I know, but also, uh, yeah, okay. But I didn't realize it was going to be on watercoloring as well. I thought it was. You asked me to do something on painting. Yeah, painting buildings and painting. No, no. I'm just trying to decorate do a podcast for you, Tom. Yeah, no, on, I know. On watercolor okay. painting. Right, okay. Explain what a podcast is. You clearly don't know. What I know talking. what a podcast. What is, is a podcast then? It's what I'm. What we're doing now. I know that it? doesn't explain it. What is a podcast? Oh, you want me to? Expl- yes. Well, well, I know when the whales are. It's a pod of whales. So a, a podcast. It would be when a when a pod of whales. Are, you don't know what one is, do you? I, I, I You're not know. even a painter, are you? Oh, oh, oh. And now we shall hear a rendition of the 12 Days of Christmas by the local kids' choir. 
Ooh, sorry, the 12 days of Christmas. No, 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 we won't. Sorry, that, that is far too long and our episodes are 25 minutes max. Um, I'll, I'll fill you in what it's about. Basically, this guy is a little obsessive and buys his loved one 12 ridiculously excessive gifts over the octave of Christmas, ranging from a coach party of bagpipe players to a, an absurd array of birds. Oh, and then you have to hear um, the whole thing backwards. The gifts are sung backwards. Uh, everyone gets excited by these five gold rings. Um, and it's highly unimaginative. So, uh, sorry, kids. Uh, have a Merry Christmas. Um, and instead, I've filled up this space with my waffle. Um, do let you know, though, that the 12 days of Christmas do last till the 6th of January. So don't do what the shops do and finish it on Boxing Day. And then bring out the Easter eggs and the, uh, the Valentine's uh, paraphernalia. But, uh, well, if you do want to buy your loved one some uh, bowels of holly or a real Christmas tree, though, pop down to the slate yard, because Natasha will continue talking about her business on the Seabit Road. I'm Natasha Dorrington, manager of the old slate yard. I was born in Plasto, grew up in Manor Park, married someone from Manor Park. I was nine when I moved here. It's, it's changed greatly. I remember the cows. It's a big change. All different people moving to the area. It's getting very trendy. Yeah, no, it has changed greatly. I miss the cows, though. <laughs> this is where our business started. My father-in-law started the business over 30 years ago buying and selling uh, reclamation and it's gone through the family over the years it now belongs to my, my children. Now we've got the new generation, the grandchildren, they've got into floristry, we're doing demolition and now, it, now we've opened an antique shop as well. Just all to do with recycling really and of the, the uh, flowers obviously we're near a cemetery and we cater for weddings, funerals and that type of thing but it's, it's all connected. It all works well together. Yeah, we're doing well. Is it, we're busy. If we're not doing one thing, we're doing another. They're all great bits because it's seasonal, really, what we do. You know, with the demolition, it, that is like all over North like London, all over Essex. Literally, our, our demolition is to recycle. We dismantle the buildings by hand and we recycle as much as possible. And then I look forward to Christmas when the Christmas trees come. No, it's, it's all different aspects of the business. It's all different bits, but they're all like, connected. And we all, like, hands down, we all club together because we are one big family business. With what I do, we have so much going on here, like, with the demolition side. Of, like, because when you're doing demolition, you put in, like, tenders. And one minute we'd be really busy. It could be even Christmas week, like, the week the Christmas tree is coming. And then, oh, you've got the job. You've got to start Monday. And if you don't start Monday, then you've got a penalty clause. So you have to carry on. That is... It just changes constantly. Like with the florist, we've got funerals. We never know when that's going to happen. You know, it's just changing constantly. That is the way it is here. But so it keeps us on our toes. For the future, we would like to turn it into a proper garden centre, catering for like all different types of plants and, and, and that type of thing. And just getting more, a, a little bit of everything. Because there is nothing really local to here. You've got your plant side of it. Uh, people say, like, if you do sand and cement, just a little bit of everything, really, is what we want to do. To my customers, I'd just like to have a big thank you for all the open support that we get from them. Oh, well, it's another Christmas cracker joke, so let's see what's uh, in this one. Um, oh, I've got a pack of mini screwdrivers. Always useful. And, uh, oh, here we are. What do you call a mayor who's been in power too long? 
Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. This that is not appropriate. I I can't say that. Uh, I think this one uh, was not meant for the family cracker box. So I'll uh, just put that one away. Um, right. Uh, really should find a joke about a Christmas pudding or a robin uh, redbreast. Aromas family got our favorite. So we make Christmas Christmas Subakamana. Keep listening. <laughs> well, that concludes our sixth episode. And we thank our contributors, Laura and Alicia, Natasha, Lloyd and Nigel Munson. So, return to your mince pies, or if you're like me, panic buying on Amazon. And on behalf of the Mockery, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a fantastic New Year. Interviews were conducted by Gary Reed, Dan Highland, and myself, Tom Gresham. Links of funny stuff by myself, Tom Gresham, and Gary Reed. Technical and internet help by Dan Highland. Editing, planning, and production by Gary Reed. Ho, ho, ho. That was The Mockery, the Forest Gate podcast. The views expressed on this podcast are solely those of the contributors providing them and do not represent the makers of The Mockery podcast. Opening and closing music was Set the Fire by Swimming Tapes. Other music and sound effects were provided by bensound.com, freesfx.com, freesound.org, freesfx.co.uk and purpleplanet.com. For links to these websites, check out our website, themockery.com. Thanks to Chop Chop Creative Limited, this was a 2016 GMTD production for the Forest Gate podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Go on, make it. Oh, what a relief. That's over. I've had enough of Christmas. (laughs) 